How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Welcome to the Tea for the Queen podcast, the podcast where we try to keep our sanity in an era of staying woke. We explore current events and issues and topics through the lens of progressive thought, discussion, feminism, peace, and love, all while keeping wellness at the center of it all. My name is Tierra Burns. I am your host, and this is your episode. Between the year 1960 and 2000, 9 million black families moved from the inner city to the suburbs. The fact is African-Americans desire the same things as all Americans want for their families, employment opportunities with well-paying positions um, that can keep, keep up or stay ahead of the cost of living, the chance to own affordable homes and safe neighborhoods, quality options for education, and the social and cultural amenities that make it all worthwhile. Right now, the South more than any other region of the country is living up to that promise. So there are a lot of people moving back to the South as a part of the new great migration. I'm one of those people. I moved from the Detroit Metroplex area to to DFW, Dallas-Fort Worth. My family made that move for us from the city to the suburbs of Detroit in 1999 or 2000. I can't remember exactly when, but I know it was some time in there. Being black in the suburbs taught me a lot of unfortunate lessons and exposed me to some hard truths about America. The experience was great. I learned, met some great people and I've learned a lot about myself and also it's made me more, um, more pressed in my identity or my um, love of being a black woman, a black person really. While I know my parents were seeking a different environment than what they saw us having in Detroit, I doubt they knew the change in culture that we would experience at the level that we experienced as a family. Unfortunately, suburban black kids relate to America in a unique way. None of this is meant to be elitist or to come from a place of blind privilege. I have to preface that I am very aware of the privilege that my experience as a suburbanite has given me and the exposure to some things in the educational system that the government just does not give to inner city schools. But the specific experience of having your blackness challenged by your community while having it affirmed by outsiders is quite complex. On this episode, I have with me Mr. Andrew Prince. He goes by Drew Prince now. We both spent our formative years in the suburbs of Detroit. We're both black suburban kids. And he recently had me on his his album where he talks about his struggle and um, just the internal dialogue of being a black kid from the suburbs. I know you guys will listen to it. Um, I'll share it in the show notes. But in the meantime, enjoy this conversation and I'll catch you on the other side. All right, everybody. Hi, um, this is the Tea for the Queen podcast. Today I have on with me, Mr. What's your name, sir? I'm Drew Prince. Drew Prince. I'm sorry. I know him as Andrew. 
<laughs> we we go back like four flats on a five Cadillacs. My God, jeez, um, oh, how long have we known each other? Uh, my last, my first pinpoint uh, when we met was would definitely have to be fourth grade. Fourth, either fourth, it, either, either fourth. Or fifth are you grade. sure it was in fifth grade? It might, it might have been fifth. It might have been fifth. It grade. may have been fifth grade. Are you wait? Did you go to Beachfield? I did go to Beachfield from first. You to went fifth. to Beachfield? I thought you went, I went to, to the other school. I went. Oh I, I went to. I went to. Um, okay, so I guess my for my school, my K twelve school um, career. I went to Fairview for uh, for preschool. Fairview is now gone. I think it's like I think it's like a dog park now. Then I went to William Grace for kindergarten. William Grace is now gone. Uh, to um, to my understanding. I think that, uh, that's like, like uh, a park or something. Then I went. Um, then first to fifth, uh, Beach View. Beach. Uh, I haven't been over there last time I was home, but to my understanding, Beach View is is still Beach View. Still there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I know. Mm-hmm. I know the pool is, is still there for sure. Um, then um, <clears throat> the middle school um, East, obviously, uh, some of my favorite uh, times, and then. Um, after and then after that it um even after the, that ninth grade U of D um U of D Jesuit in the city and then mm-hmm. 10, 11, 12, uh Nova where I graduated. So Wow, okay. Yeah. And you didn't go to Harrison, although it felt like you went to Harrison. I want I wanted to go to Harrison so bad. I I, I did not go to Harrison though. Um that my um my ninth grade year I was at U of D. Granted we granted we still lived in um yeah, we still lived in Farmington, and when and uh, when we and at the end of that freshman year, when we when we decided that U, that U of D wasn't really the best fit for me, we had, uh, we moved to Novi at that point. So so my Harrison, it's it's like it's like I moved twice without without. It's like I moved once. Even, how do I put it? It's like I moved twice, but I only moved once. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. Okay, so um, Drew, I gotta get used to calling you Drew. Um, no, 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 you can, you call me, okay. you know me okay. Andrew, so I, I want to so call me Andrew. So, okay, Andrew, what, so Andrew. tell me about what you do. Um, so okay, so I'll start with um, day job, I'll start with the day job career side of things first. Mm-hmm. Um, I am, a, I am a teacher. Um, mm-hmm. I've been I've been in the classroom since 20, 2014, 2015 was my first um official school year physically and fifteen sixteen was my first school year on paper. So um I've been so basically all I've been in the classroom for about eight years now. Mm-hmm. Um music I've obviously I've obviously taught music because that's what my degree is in music education. Mm-hmm. So I've done orchestra for a few years, I've done band for a few years. Um I've done um, elementary music, but that was, but that would, like more so be on like an after school or summer camp or summer camp mm-hmm. tip. And um, that's pretty much been the case from when I uh, when I first started uh, 2014 to um, right before the pandemic. And then mm-hmm. um, and then uh, post I hate to say post pandemic, but uh, when outside opened in the pandemic, is pr- uh, I've pretty much been in um, K five since. So I did. Uh, I taught fifth last year, and now I'm currently teaching fourth. And K five is it's it's cool. It's an experience for the time being, but um, but um, yeah, it, I like I like it, but I, but I do want to um move on from that soon. Um, and move on to and move on to um, 
I guess my uh, career, uh to the creative side of what I do, and I guess I'll go into that. Um, so I am a, a producer. D- uh, I am a, um, a producer DJ based in um, Charlotte, North Carolina. Currently, um, I do play. Uh, I do play also sax as well. That's that's what started everything off for me. Um, what else do I do? Producer DJ sax. Oh, oh and uh, and I'm a photographer as well. I do shoot. Uh, that's the newest out of the the bunch. So I've been uh, I've been shooting since I've been shooting seriously since uh, summer of 2017. Mm-hmm. I think I remember when you started photography. Okay. Mm-hmm. So as a producer, um, what are your current projects right now? So as far as um, straight up, uh, as far as uh, beat tapes, if you are instrumental tapes, the two um, that the, my two wait, current wait, wait, projects. Wait. Say that again. As far as instrumental tapes. Okay. I thought you said HTML. I'm listening. Okay. No, as far as mm-hmm. instrumental tapes, um I have um four eight two my I have four eight two two one Bagley and um Sherwood. That's out on all streams now. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's out on all streams now. Um mm-hmm. that was uh that tape was a um was like a tribute to uh, my grand to my grandparents' neighborhood and, and my mm-hmm. parents' neighborhood as mm-hmm. well. They um they're from um they're from the Bagley. Uh, this, they're from the Bagley district in this, um, in, um, in Detroit, which is um, like which is like Livernois, six seven mile area ish. Okay. Um, so that so that's um, so that's a, an instrumental tape, and regard, um, that's a tribute to that. Um, and I also have Awkward Beep, which is which, um, which also stems from to uh, my my shirt line as well. But I have a uh, I have an instrumental tape called Opera Beat as well that um I released in twenty nineteen. Um I dropped for uh, and I dropped four eight two two one um a year ago. So last okay. year, like twenty twenty like almost literally a year ago, twenty twenty one last year, February. Okay. So four eight two two one, you said that's the Bagley district? Yep, ba- uh yep, yeah. uh, Bagley and Sherwood district. And so oh so that so sorry. Mm-hmm. But so so that's so that's my so those are my my current instrumental tapes. Mm-hmm. Um, I started uh, I started back. I used to write. I started. I've been writing since uh, freshman year, since ninth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, so I put so I, I did my first rap album, which is out, which is what I'm, uh, which is what I'm uh, rolling out and uh, promoting now, and that's called Suburban um, City Kids, and that's every, and that's uh, out everywhere now as well. Mm-hmm. I'm featured on it, by the way. Yes, yes, you is. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. you chopped my my um my memo up. Why did you do that? It was I had to, what that? I, I, was I, it I, that I, long? I it. it was it was like three. It's like three or four minutes or something like that. But I man, I I know I wanted to keep the whole thing, but I I want I, I wanted to get the gems. No, I get it. It's, it's I know fine. I want to get the specific the, the, the specific gems. Okay, so tell me, tell me about the album. Um, I know about it, but you know, if you had to like put it in like two sentences, what is it about? Um, suburban city kids is about. It's about um. Wow, how can I put it? It's about telling um, black kids' story that are north of eight mile. Mm, okay. to, put it, to put it in a sentence to put it in a sentence and to make it apply um 
and make it apply um, to anyone that, that's like in this country. I'm telling the story of black kids who who grew, who who uh, didn't grow up in the city. That's that's mm-hmm. basically what mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. So um, I feel like, I feel like um, we I feel like uh, when it comes to our culture, we we do um, we 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 don't do the best job. Um, as far as loving and embracing us as well, because because uh, we didn't necessarily grow up traditionally black, mm-hmm. if um, mm-hmm. if you will, and and half the time, uh, half the time we be doing it to uh, we be doing it to ourselves. So, what you mean? I so like I so like okay so for like for me growing growing up. I'll speak. I'll speak specifically on um, mm-hmm. when I went on uh, when I went to Novi. Um, I, I've had a lot. I've had a lot. A lot of like moments where you know um, where I would be like domed the, I'll be like domed the rich kid because I had because I had both parents like in because I had both parents in the house like mm-hmm. and both parents like doing well. You know, so yeah. at, at that time, my mom worked for uh, for GMI and my dad was um, was an attorney, of course. So where whereas whereas the few um every, where the few blacks that were in my school this, nobody was at the, nobody was all was all was already ninety percent um white white and Indian and like five percent um us at that time so a lot of the ones who got um a lot of the ones who were a lot of my classmates who looked like me during my time at Novi were either were pretty much either there because they had gotten kicked out of all Detroit schools at mm. so they so like nobody was like that last option so it was so it wasn't like and and, that, and that's really another mm. reason why like I wanted to go to Harris why I wanted to go to Harrison so 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 bad because I knew that because I knew like I knew that there was I knew I was gonna be around other I knew I was gonna be around my my childhood friends for one because yeah. that because like that's where I, that's where I grew up and. Mm-hmm. And you know, so and it's just like my, it's just like other like-minded uh, people where nobody you would think it, you would think it'd be the same thing, but it just, but it just, at that time it just wasn't, you know. Yeah, at Harrison, like a lot of us who moved, who went to Harrison, we just grew up around there. You know, we were just it was just like the next logical move for us to be there. So, I mean, of course, you had kids who had been like out of. Um, who came from the city or they were bust in or for whatever reasons. But a lot of us were, you know, we was just, it was, you know, just in the neighborhood, you know what I'm saying? Right, right, so, yeah. Um, so yeah. So of course, like one thing that is true that I think is true um, and diff- differs us from our classmates is that we, um, if, I mean, when I say us, I'm talking about the black folks. Um, we have all of us have family in Detroit, right? Yeah, right? of course. Yeah. So, yeah. um, my family, we moved out there in two thousand and no, shut up, Tierra. It was either ninety nine or two thousand. I can't remember, but it was somewhere in there. Um, so when, so you know, um, and I, we, I think we were like the first of our family to move out of the city, like yeah, we were first my into, yes, first people. Um, and gosh, when I, I was think, born, I think my parents. Yeah, I think my parents came uh moved out there in it was like a year or two after they got married, so like eighty three, eighty four, so that because they they got married in good dang, they're forty this year. That's crazy. But that's crazy. Yeah, that's my parents, yeah. 
Yeah, my sister is my sister was born in eighty three. So they were um they got married when she was born. That's crazy. Yeah, my parents yeah. got married in 80, August eighty two. Wow, damn. Okay, wow. That's crazy. Yeah, my question was, when did your family move there? It was like it was like eighty three, eighty four. So it was a, mm-hmm. it was a few years before um it was a few years before they uh before they had me. Um, so, so what made I guess you move to the suburbs in? Um, same same reasons is is like mm-hmm. of us. Um, they wanted um wanted me to have uh, to have like more opportunities in a better life, and um and you know like uh the birds was it was just really expanding at mm-hmm. um at that time, so it was so it was more it was um I had to say more opportunities, time. but yeah, more opportunity at at that uh, given time. That's good. Um, so. In your family, though, like, were you like, you know, it's so funny. We were like seen as, you know, not black enough by our families, mm-hmm. and like, um, but in school, like, growing up where we grew up, we were we was black. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, did you like whenever you would go see your family in the city? Did you experience any of those type of aggressions or anything like that? So for so for me. Um... It would be whenever they would, it would be whenever they would come to us and I would add, and I would ask them like what part what part of town what part of town they live on and I me- I remember uh, I remember the responses would always be like it ain't like here it ain't like, it ain't like not like here <laughs> you know you know what I'm saying so, you can say east side or west side what right okay right they would say, okay. right, say like not like here as as the response but mm-hmm. um. I, my family made it known that like that I was definitely um that I was definitely blessed you know because mm-hmm. not because not because there's so many others that that don't, that don't have the re- they don't have the resources that um that I had or like like for example my auntie she's a she's she was a retired um she's a retired principal in DPS and she was mm-hmm. telling me all the time and she was just giving us stories of like her students um all the time and you know um and and I had like a lot of luxuries that I, I that that you know saying that we took for granted that wasn't the case um, in DPS for example or just or just like other places. Mike, explain. Like what luxury? So, okay, so like, so here's a here's a here's a perfect example. I remember vivid, vividly. Mm-hmm. So apparently, a lot of the schools in this at this time, a lot of schools in the city did not have um ba- did not have doors on the bathrooms. Wow. Okay. So, so like the bat like the bathroom stall doors. Um like I like I remember I remember it was it was in my auntie or someone uh at uh, my church um saying that, that was like that, that was like a luxury for like a lot of um hmm. for like a lot of schools. Mm-hmm. So just like just like little things uh like that that I wouldn't think twice of. Or like the whole or, or the whole having to share uh books thing versus like versus everyone gets uh, their own their own textbook and that's and that's basically yours for for the mm-hmm. class or, or the year or whatever. Okay. Now, um, and it's so funny. Um, you say that cause I, I, I remember I was on a date recently and I was telling mm-hmm. them, you know, like, Oh, you know, this is what I did in high school. Um, I had to learn how to dive in an Olympic swim to graduate, yada, yada. And she was like, um, I don't, we, what do you mean? What kind of school did you go to? Was that college prep? And I was like, no, I went to a public school. What are you talking about? So mm-hmm. I didn't know that those certain things were like 
luxuries and it's um it's a privilege that I've had to like come you know come to terms with that I didn't yeah. th- you know I thought that was just like the standard you know like I thought everybody had those things um mm-hmm. I thought everybody had those things but as I've as I've grown um I've learned and like worked to accept that like okay my experience is still authentic so have yeah. you have you felt that like have you had to have those talks with yourselves about with not why did I say yourselves multiple? Have you had to have that conversation with yourself about your blackness and you not being from um, the background that America says that all black people are from, you know? Hey, it's Tiara. Before we keep going, I just want to let you know that I am so grateful that you're listening to this podcast. You may have noticed some inconsistency with my episode output. It is my passion that the content I produce is essential, effective, good, and very beneficial to you. Unfortunately, the work behind this pod or podcast requires resources. I would love if everything was just thrown at me and I'm manifesting that it will be thrown at me. Shout out to the universe. But there is a small team behind this pod and so many podcasts that you may listen to. Not only does Hitting Play support the show, but I also have merch that goes towards this show also. To support Tea for the Queen would mean so much for me and to those who are helping me produce this podcast. So to show support, please go to teaforthequeenshop.com to purchase merch. Remember to use the promo code listener for 10% off. I know there's something on there for you. We have shirts, we have keychain stickers, something for everyone. And also we have digital downloads of guided meditations if you're interested in that. Visit teaforthequeenshop.com to support the show and its continuation. Thank you so much for listening and let's get back to the show. I feel like with me, I was always, I feel like, um, I thought I was always in tune because I was always apart via, um, and, and, you know, so shout out my, uh, my childhood church fellowship travel for that. Um, just, uh, just through, um, I, so I came up in this, uh, this mentoring program called, this mentoring program through my church is called Asusu. Um, and the, and the sister version of that is called Inso Johnny. And, and basically, it was basically like a young men's and young women's, um, <clears throat> mentoring program. So we would meet every, uh, I forget, it was like every second and fourth Saturday, whatever it was. Um, and, and we, we would just get so much game, you know what I'm saying? We like, like, we would like talk and learn about every, everything, you know what I'm saying? We, uh, we would do like pissing games, uh, ropes courses and just, and just like be out in the city and just be like, and just be hit to like, what's going on uh, i don't know i don't know if you remember the uh the end of when um they had uh, the NAACP freedom fund dinners um at Kobo but we but we were always but we would always work those every year we always did um a mock uh a mock trial um at the uh at the Frank Murphy Hall of Justice downtown every mm-hmm. uh, every year and so like I've always been like in tune mm-hmm. yeah you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. like I've always been in tune with the city um in that regard, and of course, like, and of course, like, my grandparents. So, like, whenever, so whenever, like, my parents uh, went out of town or or whatever, I was there. 
I, I was at, I was at my grandparents, so mm-hmm. I always, so I always felt that's why that's why like I never felt like awkward. Never like I tell people I'm from Detroit, I'm from Detroit because because mm-hmm. like, I've always been in tune. I, I've I've stayed there. I've I've worked there. I've I've done like everything. Like and like it's the crib. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like like I don't know how else, um to put it. So I've um so I would say um I never felt like I had to like um overly explain myself and i uh and my thing was just like if like if you want to know then ask you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. like i'm like i'm not, I, I i'm not gonna i never i'm not one to to like to paint and i'm not i'm definitely not one to paint a narrative or flex if you will mm-hmm. when when literally all you have to do is ask and i and i will gladly share how powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. When we made our McDonald's spicy chicken McNuggets, you were praise hands emoji. Then we ran out, and you were streaming tears emoji. Now they're back, so you can be grinning face with sweat emoji. Order ahead on the McDonald's app. Break out the party hat emoji, because a six-piece spicy chicken McNuggets is just two fifty. And if that's not enough, try a spicy McCrispy or a spicy deluxe McCrispy. And if that's not enough, there's always the sauce. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. My next question is, so, you know, here's a common um, stereotype (laughs) um, of Mm. the type of folks who go to HBCUs, right? Okay. You went to HBCU, right? I did, Hampton. Are you sure? Shout out to Relay Shoe. Yes, Hampton. Okay. I got to cut that out. My sisters will kill me. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Uh, Bison over there, but... But I'm not. A, you I know, love, I'm not I, a I got, bike, I got mad. I know you're not, but I know your sister yeah. is. But I got mad love for Howard, though. I really, really do. I, that's what that's my dad went for. Uh, for law. Here's 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 what I here's what I say. So I have a lot of, you know, what are y'all the pirates, the captains? Yes. I have no, a lot of pirates. Not, not the captains. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I have a lot of like Pete folks from Hampton who are like my good friends. You know what I mean? You do. Yeah, and, and I will say. I hate to say it, they've been much nicer than the Bisons. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really get along with Howard people. Mm. <laughs> I don't really get along with them like that. Um, I think I can tell you why that is. Please tell me. Howard is more clout. Mm, okay, I don't care. Howard is way more. <laughs> Howard is way more clout than um, <sighs> the than us. I get it, but I don't like it, and that's still not a reason yeah. to be an asshole. Oh yeah, not at all, not at all. Just that just is what it is. Um, but no, so a stereotype that they have about the type of black folks who go to HBCUs are folks like us who grew up in the suburbs because mm-hmm. they think that we're trying to prove our blackness. Do you think that's true? Like, what what do you say to that? Honestly, I mean. I knew that I wanted to go to HBC. You remember the Detroit football classic that uh it was um it was Kwame's um thing. 
I'm, mm-hmm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm in love with HBCU since then. So, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I, like, I knew I wanted to, um, okay, so two things. I, since the Detroit Football Classic and and just like every and just like everybody else would say, drumline. Those are the two things mm-hmm. that, that that said I'm going. I'm going to HBCU. You were on the drumline, right? Weren't you? I'm right. Yeah, I wasn't there. Okay, okay. I'm listening. Go on. I wasn't there. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, but yeah, I and and really just like um, like I remember um, the first time we visited um, DC, my dad uh, my dad showed us well took us around on on, um, on Howard's campus, and he was just like so excited, to, so excited to show us like. Um, Everywhere and it, it, um and just and I I don't know how to put it um just talk just the fact yeah I mean mm-hmm. just the fact that you know what I'm saying um I I had the opportunity to meet so many people that look like me nationwide and I now know like so many people that look like that look like me um all across the country so like i can like i can go to texas and say i know this person and that person i can go to atlanta and say i know this person that person new york mm-hmm. i know this person that you know what i'm saying and so it's like mm-hmm. i have that connection worldwide of, of people that like that you know so i could like i could like call on for like for whatever mm-hmm. but do so, you think so I, do you think it's true that black kids from the suburbs go to hbcus to um prove their blackness i think there's definitely some for sure really why i definitely i because um because i mean i mean like i guess i when you hear when you hear it so much from everybody from every from everybody then it can then hear it kind of starts the fact that the whole like you ain't you ain't black thing you're not really black this and the third Mm -hmm. And, and it's like when you hear when you hear that so much then it's like it's like you get tired of it and you feel like you have to uh to prove to prove it i'll give you a perfect example i know yes. um, um i don't know if you i don't know if you watch uh last og it's a it's tracy morgan's show on um yeah on i did yeah, yeah i didn't like finish it but it's a good show yeah mm-hmm. they're like four seasons in now i know um tiffany hash was in the first two seasons and they kind of well I don't, they kind of wrote her off or whatever but really this past okay. season, mm-hmm. Well, we don't know if they did, but okay, um, I'm listening. Go on. This so this so this past season, uh, the oldest daughter is she's um she's obviously she's like uh, filling out like college college applications and whatnot. And then this episode, they um basically they, so they go to one um open house. What they go to? Yeah, they go to one recruitment fair that's Georgetown, I think it was. And basically, like um, they're at the Georgetown um, recruitment meeting, and and they're like ignoring her questions and and all that and basically like, pretending that she's not that she's not even there and mm-hmm. at the end of that recruitment fair she's like this is a school for me i want to go to georgetown i'm so excited woo, woo, whatever and then they go to um and then they go to the um the second recruitment fair which is hampton so hampton's mm-hmm. uh featured in this particular episode and um and mm-hmm. you know they're they're like being like as honest and and as transparent as far as like what as far as like as far as like what freshman year of college is and how Hampton is and, and how like HBCU experiences and she and she just felt mad and uncomfortable you know what I'm saying it's, um and I and um to the points of where she didn't to the points of where she didn't um to to the points of where she she hmm. still wanted to go to Georgetown and you know um one of the and, and you know. One of the uh, recruiters, um, 
I, she was like a G or something like that in the show, but she but she went and spoke to her and said that and you know and said like, look, I was the same way. I didn't even know that there was a black national anthem. I didn't know this that in the third, but but here, but you know what I'm saying. Here you have you have the space and room to be who you want to be, mm-hmm. and to and and to embrace who who you want or want and embrace and to embrace who how black you want to be. You know, because mm-hmm. because black because black comes in different shades and types and um and forms, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I, I feel like um I feel like with us be, uh with us growing up well in white or sixty forty areas uh, that we that we have that like I like like I'm not like I'm not allowed to be in in the, I'm not allowed, I'm not allowed to be in band or I'm not allowed to like appreciate um the performing arts. Which is which is which was what which is what my out was in um at Nova, and that you know so I just had to and and that it was expensive of me to be on like hood bullshit or or play sports. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's crazy. I remember um I remember one I remember like I was after school or whatever um and and um one and i guess like one of the lunch moms tried to like stop me like and, and like see like where i was going or whatever and i told her like i was i don't know what i was doing like, i had stayed or stayed over to practice or or mm-hmm. i was going from track or something like that because i ran track at that time too and and um and one of the lunch and one of the lunch moms I was just like yeah they're in the cafeteria and i'm and i'm just like what do you i didn't tell her this at but i'm just like what do you mean by like what do you mean by there like them Mm-hmm. And, and and what and basically what it was was every day after school that five percent of of like us that I was talking about we we would just stay at the school until until the labels come just like just doing nothing basically mm-hmm. but like but being but being niggas to say the least and um and you know and you know it was you know I mean it was it would be fun like sometimes but like we wasn't doing anything but wasting time. Mm-hmm. And, and just like letting letting time pass, doing nothing, but, mm-hmm. but being niggas basically, because <laughs> that, that's essentially what we was doing, like like just like we playing just around. Just existing while being existing black. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, but where where where, where was I going with this? I was trying to figure that out myself. <laughs> <laughs> I guess okay. I guess I guess my point in all, I guess my point in all of this is um, is I is Hampton Hampton gave me the space to to be to be who I am and mm. who I want to be. Okay. And, okay, and I appreciate it for that. And Grant, it's crazy because because Hampton is considered one of the uh, it's considered like the bougie of the bougiest because I've heard a lot of people say that they didn't feel. Yeah, they didn't feel that way uh, during their experience at um, Hampton, mm-hmm. which I wish yeah. I found was um, interesting. But then again, like you can be black and be bougie, like absolutely for sure. You know what I'm saying? And I, mm-hmm. I there, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know? No, nah. I hate to. People may not agree with that, but I don't think there's anything wrong with being black and bougie. Not at all. Not at all. Like we can exist in so many different ways. Yeah. So. So with your album, and, and, we, and we should be and we should be proud to have a code too. You know, what so you mean? Be, like, like, um, like as far as like being like black and bougie, uh, I feel like I feel like it should also be okay to you know what I'm saying to 
I mean, not to the point to where it's like stuck up, but a point, but mm-hmm. but we should we should want to have like value and, and standards and um and things that we that we like and and want to do. We shouldn't feel we shouldn't feel ashamed for liking certain things or wanting certain things. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, I it makes complete sense. Um, it's so funny. One of my clients, she, her entire platform that she's building is about it's okay to not want anything to do with like the struggle. What's mm-hmm. that? Is that a vape? No, oh. that's not. Everybody oh, okay. I, I'm not doing it. No. <laughs> Well, I was like, why are you doing that? Um, no. Um, she is really much into like, okay, I don't, I want people and especially black women to know that like, it's okay to not be a part of, not think that your life has to be a part of the struggle. You know what I mean? Like, right, we don't yeah. always have to exist that way. We can exist in multiple ways. So when mm-hmm. you were making, um, this album, um, what were some of like what were your greatest like moments of inspiration that inspired you to create something um of this context because there's not really anything out there like it uh thank you first of all mm-hmm. um i just i just wanted to tell i just wanted to tell uh, my story and and pinpoint and um and pinpoint specific things that like that really um mm-hmm. that like actually happened you know um uh, so, um, my for my first raps, uh, this is actually my this this is my first raps album, but my second like raps project. So mm. my first like raps uh project, beef rap, emotions and words, uh, that was that basically just like showed um that like that you know what I'm saying I could hold I could hold my own in this bag as well because so many because mm. like so many people know me as like as like the the the, the producer or whatever like the like a, someone that uh, a producer if you will someone that makes beats. But no one really, no one really knew that like that uh, that I that I did like that I did used to write at one point in time, um, and I was pretty dope too. Um, like I said, I started, like I said, it was um, it was ninth grade English class that um, inspired me. Um. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. 10th grade, I did uh, poetry. Uh, I did poetry slam. Um, I like. I had a poem. I had a poem written in. The, uh, I had a poem like published in the high school paper. But then, but um, I guess I kind of um, that kind of transitioned into uh, into production when two things. Okay, so three things transitioned like from me writing into production. So poetry. So poetry slam. Uh, the poetry slam team or whatever was kind of transitioning transitioning into like more so of a book club and I wasn't really feeling it. And um and me discovering Dilla at that time when he passed. And oh that that was a two that was, I said two things. And the third thing was um when Nas dropped his Hip Hop is Dead album and the whole and that whole con- I don't know if you remember but that whole controversy of is hip hop dead. So those those would be the three things that that like that like really mm-hmm. Was that during the time when um JC was 
Why do I call that man Jay Z? Um, <laughs> Jay Z was also like doing like the death to auto tune thing. Death, okay, that, like, so death to, that came a little bit later. Death okay, auto, okay. Because that was on, that was on Blueprint Three, which was twenty ten. Because that, that was my song. That was sophomore year. Of, uh, music uh, history. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. I'm good. No, this is dope go, so on. Far. go on. You were t- telling so, me about um death to auto tune. You said that's not when that happened. No, yeah, no, that was um that was a little bit later. Oh. Yeah. So why was um so you said that Nas was saying that hip hop was dead. Mm-hmm. All right. Why was he saying that? Just tell me briefly. I just want to know out of curiosity. So um So, okay, so around also around that time, Soldier Boy mm-hmm. started to have his boom too. So that so 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 that so mm-hmm. that uh, also so that so that's like what like fit into that too. That makes sense. Hello. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. Okay. The screen went black. Okay, I'm listening. Yeah. So that so um and but and and at that time it it seemed like that that more so. That they're more so like soldier in that type of sound was was getting was bloom was blossoming a little bit more and which I couldn't which I didn't necessarily relate to at that mm-hmm. time versus you know mm-hmm. what I'm versus like your Nas your Common your your Lupe and the real shit if you will and um and you know I felt and oh another thing that that led me to um. To uh to uh making beats, um. So I so I talked about Nas's hip hop is that album and, and that whole concept, and I was just like, nah, like um, nah, I want I want to uh, change this, and I talked and I talked about Dilla um passing away, and so my introduction to Dilla, um, he passed. I um I um donuts drops his um his beat tape. I I would uh, pull out that vinyl, but it's in there somewhere so it's a lot okay okay um so donuts pass i fall in love with donuts i go back and and do and i go back and basically like do my um my homework and i found out that like a lot of what i used to listen to in the car with my grandfather was dilla and then from that it was like it was like no change my mind like this this is this is the this is the sound that that my mind is gonna be on for the rest of my life and then so then so then there's that and then so all that's like sophomore, like beginning of junior year. Then second semester junior year comes. I take broadcasting communications class. We do a mashup project where we ba- where um uh, where we basically um put like an instrumental with uh, a cappella and like blend the two songs together. And then and then w- and then once I did, and then after that um, project happened, it, it was off to the races. It, it was off to the races as far as um. As far as beats, I got uh, I got a free loops for my birthday that year, I think, and then and I just been like going at it, going at it, going at it. Mm-hmm. You all right? Yeah, I'm good. You stop talking I'm out good. of nowhere. Oh no! Um, <laughs> I, what, what was the other part of the question? No, my question really was like, what moments inspired the content of the album? Okay. Good. I know your all history right. about as a producer, but I want to know yeah. what inspired the what's, content what's of the, the album. album. 
Mm-hmm. So, um, so I'm just, uh, just being, just, just being a, uh, someone who grew up, who spent so much time growing up in the suburbs and being, and, you know, and being looked at as not, um, as being looked at as not traditionally, um, black. That's what, uh, that's, that's really what inspired it. And I went, and I was just wanted to like tell and share my stories and show that, that like, I'm just as dope as the next person, and and my story is just as it's just as real as is the person that claims that they're the realest. Do you think so that, that, um, that that's what? Hmm. Go. On. Oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say. Do you think that um, possibly this is something that um, folks who are in the suburbs now, um, well, younger kids like that they that they're able to relate to currently. That's what I hope. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. That's the purpose. There's a there's a um there's a meme out there that um I could um try to pull it up. Maybe, but there's a meme out there that says um that's that's it's basically one of those like if you live if don't say uh you're from Detroit if you in A B C D E F G city and then it shows and then it's like it's it's like it shows this map of Metro Detroit and yeah. and then big black you've seen it before right and I've big seen black words it says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I think that's, that, um, that's go on. I was, I was gonna say that's actually where the inspiration for the cover came from. Mm. Okay. Now I get it. Okay, I get it now. Um, I think that's complete bullshit. <laughs> because for us, like our family's history is so entwined with Detroit that there's no way that we're not from there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. it's hard like you can't can't take that away from us so yeah mm-hmm. i'm really grateful that you did something like this because of course like there's rappers out here who you know probably didn't grow up in the city you know like you my have your second, child. My, my second point because you cause you don't need, i mean cut off, but the other no, thing that's good. trash about it is you look is you look at you look at atlanta you have people there are people from decatur college park the north you want to know what the north is the north is gwinnett county my best one of my best friend went to school with quavo who is from gwinnett county nobody in atlanta is is shunning them and they, and and that and honestly that's why like that's why atlanta always pops with content travis scott who is from missouri city texas nobody in houston is shunning travis scott for not for for you know saying i'm growing up in houston yeah so so it's like it's it's I don't and know. I it think, feels like. Mm-hmm, go on. I was like, like I feel like it's it's only the smaller cities that do, that do that. It seems like the cities, uh, it seems like the bigger market cities uh, don't really do don't really do that to uh, to one another, which is which is why um, which is why they always pop with content. Yeah, I think that people don't understand how urban sprawl works. For one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you cannot you can be from a city and not live in that particular city you know what right. I mean like right now I'm like in the Addison Carrollton area but if I if someone asks me where I'm at I'm going to say Dallas because yeah. it just makes sense you know what I mean and mm-hmm. also um, I think it's funny that like the Migos are from the Burbs and Travis Scott and all them but they almost have to put on a performance as if they are street or hood or all these things when mm-hmm. these are just some suburban niggas. You know what I mean? Just like that's, us, yeah. 
just like us, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's why um, a lot of people like, what do you call it thing? Um, white kids kind of like their music, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're just mm-hmm. so easily adaptable to because they're giving them what they think that uh, black kids in the suburbs are supposed to give, you know, that right. chaos, yeah. that thug street, even though they really aren't about that life, you know, like... Mm-hmm. If you go, for example, you go to a um, Amigos concert, you're gonna see a lot of white folks, right? You oh, see that. oh yeah, of course. Um, but if you go to a Nipsey concert, now Nipsey is actually from the street. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you might know mm-hmm. something different, but he's really about that life. The crowd is gonna look different because yeah. that's just it's real. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, that's just my thought on it. So yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah. No, I think that um, it's it's just very interesting, and I I think that it's cool as a rapper that you're saying, hey, you know what, I'm black and I'm not from, you know, I grew up in the suburbs, but that doesn't yeah. take away from my experience. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, we got like eight minutes left. Okay. <laughs> Is there anything that you want to um to say? Like, drop your handles. And how people um, can so, find you. Okay, so I'm a creative droopy on um on all, um, on all socials. I'm most active on uh, IG and, and Twitter. Um, you can uh, Suburban City Kids is out now everywhere. Um, you can I would best prefer for you to cop it off of Bandcamp because that because that goes direct because that goes directly to me. I like the streams. So that's uh, DrewPence.BandCamp.com. Um, you can stream it now on um, Pack of the Plug, which uh, which is YouTube, Pack of the Plug, um, Drew Prince, and then you will see my uh, my project. And you, I mean, you will see Suburban City Kids, but the album is out uh, everywhere. And um, as far as what's next, I'm uh, about to get these visuals off. So um, so look out, look out for those. Okay. Thank you. Hang on. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Tea for the Queen podcast. Remember to listen to Drew Prince's album. I'm going to put the link to it in the show notes. Follow him on Instagram at Creative Drew Prince. If you can't find him, just go to my LinkedIn and he'll be tagged there. Um, let he let him know that I sent you guys. We still have merch available. Remember, the listener code is Listener for ten percent off. If you listen to this show on Apple iTunes, please give us a review and a rate us. Your positive rating and reviews helps other people who care about the unique perspective of our guests and listeners. Remember to subscribe to the show on your podcast app so that you get notified when we have new episodes out. Thank you so much for listening to the Tea for the Queen podcast. Remember to stay woke, stay well, and stay thriving. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply.